You're listening to Boggy Talk, Faith Conversations in the Mud, a resource of Church on Bayshore. Boggy Talk is recorded on Boggy Bayou in Niceville, Florida, and is hosted by Justin Wyatt and James Ross, pastors at Church on Bayshore. We typically want every matter of faith and life to have crystal clear answers, but it isn't always that easy. This podcast digs in to help Christians think with a kingdom mentality about topics that sometimes get muddy and bog us down. So let's dive in. Hey, and welcome to Boggy Talk. Thank you for joining us for this final episode in our series about issues facing Gen Z. We look forward to what we're getting into today. But before we do that, I'm going to say hey to my co-host, James Ross. How you doing, man? I am doing great. How are you? I'm doing fine. You know, Justin it's, Wyatt? It's the last week of school, so... Um, I told someone recently, they're like, how are you doing? And it's like, we're just like a ball rolling down a hill. Uh-huh. And I'm like, and also that ball is on fire. <laughs> That's how I feel. It's like That's good. end of school year. We're kind of way past the point of caring, yeah. you know? And I mean, we do care, but we're also like, get your stuff done, kids. Just get it done. Yeah. And it's graduation. There's like graduate. You have grad. You have graduates in your house. We have graduates in our house. Don't get me started. Because <laughs> Sorry, um, I know that this is going to offend like our moms, our millennial moms out there, but <laughs> VPK graduation, kindergarten graduation, elementary school graduation. I saw some people have middle school graduation. I don't even think high school graduation is a big deal. Why are we Man. celebrating all this? They're not even doing anything. <laughs> But in Florida, you only get held back one year anyway. So like <laughs> that's right. Yeah, we have VPK graduation this year. We have kindergarten graduation. We have a fifth grader graduating, uh, going to middle school. We they don't like they're no, I guess our eighth graders missing out because they're just like you're going to high school. Get yeah, that's out, good. You know? That's good. There's so, so many kids at Ruckle. They're, <laughs> they're like, just like, get out of here. <laughs> that's right. We can't fit you all in one place uh-huh. anyway, and you all smell. <laughs> yeah. Well, today's a big day in the Ross house because it's Lily Ross's birthday. Oh, happy birthday, the big 10, Lily! Double ten digits. Ten yeah. Years yeah. old, man. Yeah. Yeah. We have a birthday tomorrow. It's like the only year that like her birthday is in school. Because, oh, yeah, that's yeah. true. Yeah. yeah so it's yeah, like Josiah's big, the same way because yeah. he's like, he's begging us not to send him to school on his, you know, on his you birthday. You got to go to school on I your was, birthday. We, we tried to sell it that way. You'll never have this opportunity again. He's not sold. That's so, like the fun day. You walk around like, like you know, know, man. Just, I mean, when you're our age, nobody gives a. Yeah. They're like, oh, oh, it was your birthday? Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Ends in zero. <laughs> ends in zero. It's yeah. noteworthy. Yeah. Don't celebrate. If not, I'm just, yeah, that's your, that's your, <laughs> that's my weird rule. Yes. <laughs> I'm obviously not sentimental except for Christmas. We talked about that before. Yes. So as we <laughs> uh, wrap up the series today, we're talking about Gen Z and uh, we are talking, uh, really wrap it up today with this issue on Gen Z and mental health. Uh, and this is um, one of the pressing issues for Gen Z. I think, you know, it's become increasingly a part of the conversation just in general in the public square for all for all people, but specifically for Gen Z. Uh, I love that expression, public square, by the way. Like there's a square we all go to and have conversation. My hometown had a square, you know, it was like the circle, traffic circle, the courthouse was there. And uh, yeah, so it makes you also sound like really official. One of my mentors, Bob Roberts, uses that phrase a lot. (laughs) And it's like, (laughs) I mean, I get what everybody's saying, but sorry, anyway. Yeah, it is. It, It just makes me feel like we're a little more official and serious you know yeah, like when this, we talk about engaging the public square <laughs> engaging the public square Ooh, so uh how are you engaging the public square yeah. uh so as we talk about this we want to talk about first why this is a big deal why this is a big deal for gen z what would you say man 
Because they say it is. Because they, the man, the man <laughs> you know, says Gen, it. Gen Z apparently no, says, kidding. hey, this is something that is a pressing concern and tons of research I've you know done. By tons of research, I mean three articles I've read. Uh, shows <laughs> Wikipedia that, says. Yeah, yeah, uh, says kidding, that mental kidding. health is really uh, you know, something that matters to them a lot. And so if it matters to them a lot and we want to equip and engage and reach Gen Z, then it needs to matter to us a lot. Mm -hmm. I think, too, we have to begin with understanding like we all kind of have a natural uh, tendency, proclivity uh, as, as far as thoughts about mental health. Yeah. And some people, some people, I think, automatically just say, oh, that's mental, blah, blah, blah. And uh, that's a really unhealthy view. Yeah, of that this. doesn't sound very kind. <laughs> blah, blah, blah. Yeah. It's not a kind response to most things. Usually when um, Christy <laughs> talks and I say, I know you think blah, 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 it doesn't go well it in my house. End well. So, we so wanna, what, what do you mean, Justin, when you say mental health? I think we're talking <laughs> about the, the, uh, the mental well being. And I think, it's, it's hard to just talk about mental health because I think we are learning more and more how the mind and the body and really the spirit are all connected. Mm -hmm. uh, and so when we talk about mental health, yes, we're talking about thought patterns, but those affect us emotionally. They affect us uh, physically. They affect us spiritually as well. So we are talking about, I guess we're talking about the overall yeah. well-being of the mind. I think what's clear by what you're saying is that it can mean a lot of things yes. when somebody says mm -hmm. mental health is important. Yes. They could mean tons of different things. Yes. And so I think most of the time when people think about mental health, we're talking, we, we think uh, initially about um, depression, anxiety, uh, those types of things. Yeah. I guess that's where, you know, the start. And then we get into deeper, I'm going to say deeper because it makes it sound more serious, but we, we get into other uh, mental health disorders. There are, you know, clinical disorders, mental health disorders. And so we're touch on some of that today too, but we want to understand why this is a big a deal to Generation Z. So a couple of statistics to help frame this for us. Um, this is a study by Western Governors University uh, survey they did said that only 45% of Generation Z believe or would say that their mental health is good. Are excellent, which is 11% lower than the previous generation. Barna uh, study says that 49% uh, of 18 to 35 year olds expressed anxiety over important decisions, afraid to fail. Um, three in 10 said they felt often felt sad or depressed, lonely, mm -hmm. and isolated from others. Uh, the suicide rate for mm -hmm. people ages 15 to 19 has increased by 76%. Uh, the decade between 2007 and 2017. Wow. So that wow. is significant. Yeah, that is significant. Uh, and right now, suicide is the second leading cause of death for adolescents after accidents. Mm. Wow. So that is that. That is staggering. Yeah, that uh, is. And it's a so it is an important piece of this conversation. And then, you know, today, one in three, so you say one in three teens, so 33%. So if you have three kids, statistically, one of your three kids, possibly, you know, more, but one in three teens will experience some type of anxiety disorder. And that's according to the National, National Institute of Health. So um, those are some just hard statistics. Yeah. And so I think that begs the question of, why? Why do we see this increasing in Generation Z, uh, and why are why why is this becoming an increasing issue? And I think for, I I would point to two personally point to two issues. First is that increasingly there's less of a stigma attached to mental health. Uh, Generation Z is more comfortable talking about this, and yeah. that I think is a good thing. Uh, it can be 
we'll talk about this later. There's potential that it could be overemphasized, and but it's increasingly less of a stigma. So they're we're comfortable talking about it. But also, um, chronic stress. Uh, mm-hmm. Factors. This mm-hmm. is uh, chronic stress from the environment, gun violence, harassment, issues of abuse, all this. But it's not just that those are. So you may listen to some of those things and think, well, I had that growing up too. The difference is now is that uh, Generation Z, because of technology, never has a break. So they're constantly aware yeah. of everything going on around them. They have technology in their pockets, in their hands. All the time, you know, most of their learning in school this past year specifically has been electronically. So they are constantly made aware of tragic events around the world and their social groups, their peer groups, and it's accessible to them. And so they really never have a break from this onslaught of information and stress. So I think those are two significant factors. Anything you'd add to that? No, I think that's important to kind of just hang out there for a second and talk about all the data that... Uh, It's not necessarily causation yet. We don't know yet, but there's so much correlation between the advancement of specifically social media, but just having 24-7 technology, you know, that uh, and information and increased anxiety, increased suicide, you know, increased depression. I mean, they're... I think that anybody in their right mind realizes this is a big contributing factor to um, an increased uh, lack of mental health. I would agree with that. So let's talk about um, some of the the, the pros of, of the awareness of this and mental health care and really and, and even some of the dangers in it, too. So I would say um, where are some of the proposed the, the the pros of this is that the pros of what the pros of caring about mental okay, health got yes, it. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and mental health in and of itself is that yeah, yeah. Uh, I think historically this has probably been ignored, not all in all, but as we, as I mentioned earlier, we're becoming more and more aware of how the mind affects the body and and the, the emotions and how every, you know, we're all these integrated beings, you know, it's not just our, our body, it's not just the physical, but the mind affects that. And so understanding as, as research is showing more and more how the mind works. Yeah. Um, it's helpful, you know, it's helpful to be able to under, understand your thought life, uh, thought patterns and, address those right i i think like so go way back 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 that thing up way back to the beginning of civilization Mm -hmm. and you always have in any society kind of two polar uh rised ways of viewing issues and one is kind of like that's why we get stuck in the mud because we're committed to not being that's right (laughs) one is like hey uh Black and white. It's pretty simple. Like, so, you know, early medicine was like, oh, your stomach's, your stomach's hurting. It must be a goblin, you know, yeah. like, you know, it must be, it must be. I just pictured gizmo. From you must be a sinner, right? <laughs> yeah. Like, uh-huh. and then there's the other side that was like, hey, we think it's a little more nuanced than that. You know, it might be this type of goblin, you know, yeah. or whatever. It might be this type of sin. <laughs> and so like. What what settles that issue is information, right? Mm-hmm. Like information is what helps us to see, okay, maybe things aren't as black and white. Maybe things aren't as simple as we put them to be. And so that leans towards this group that says it's more nuanced. And so, I mean, th- I'm not trying to be, poke, make light of this issue, but like there were people who literally viewed race as like a black and white issue, like literally like Mm -hmm. you're black. So you must be inferior to me or you're not the same as me. And Mm -hmm. it's like, 
okay, like we all like it begins with, okay, we see that we have the same blood. We say the mm -hmm. same biology. We see that microevolution exists, you know? And so like information leads us away that it is more nuanced. So when it comes to mental health, I think that that's probably the area we've made the least advancement right. over the course of history because we just don't understand the brain. So, yeah. so I think it's been harder to make progress in this area away from the polarized view of get your crap together, man. <laughs> yeah, like that, that's, that really has been kind of the mantra of, of a lot of people. Well, what's wrong with you? Just right. get over it, you know? And, right. and so we're understanding uh, more and more and more of, I mean, just how complicated the brain right. is. I exactly. mean, really the brain is, uh, you know, I, I'm not an expert. So, but what I have read just in studying, uh, you know, attachment theory, just being involved in adoption and foster care. It's, it's fascinating. Right. Yes. You know, how, you know, yeah. you know, it really is. And so you understand the, the brain is so complicated. Right. And we're just scratching the surface, right. so, even as advanced as we are right now, you know, right now we're more advanced than we've ever been because of how history works and time works, but we're still just scratching the surface. You just showed, you just used a great example to illustrate this. So I think there was a time legitimately when the, a lot of people thought, okay, so if you adopt a child and they're adopted, you know, and say they're one, they're two, they're an infant and they go into your house, like, and they have issues. Well, they're in this great family now, yes. well, allegedly great family, but they're in this allegedly <laughs> great family true. now. And if they have problems, like, why do you have problems? Your life is yes. great. And it's like, you no, should, there's yeah. issues from mm -hmm. from a child who's not in their biological setting. And yes. so we've got to work through that. And I think that's a very good example of how we've learned. We yes. still have so far to go in mm -hmm. learning, but we have learned that there are issues yes. to work through there. Absolutely. I think, you know, that that hits home, particularly for us as a family, because, you know, one of our kids was brought into our family at 13 months. And so you would look at that on the surface and say, well, why does why does he struggle with X, Y, Z, you know, and we could feel that way too, if we aren't doing the, the hard work and it's our job to help him heal. And that's a, the beautiful thing about the brain is that it can heal right. from, you know, trauma. And though know, he doesn't have concrete memories of things, he has have emotional memories. Right. And so that's just an example. That's like, you know, 10 more episodes yeah. <laughs> on a different boggy talk, talking right. through so, that. So, so that would be the good. I mean, you know, when we talk about this, we've just learned it's not as mm. simple and through, um, through mental health, uh, you know, professionals, people can get healthy. Mm -hmm. um, they can function better. They can, they can have, you know, I, I hate the word normal life because it's like, what is yeah, a normal life? Normal? But, you know, they can have, they can be comfortable in their own skin, comfortable in their own brain. Um, but I, but I, I think that we need to address that as with anything, if you, so there's two polar ends, mm -hmm. right? Like, if you just hang out and things are nuanced and you don't have enough information, then you really get caught up in theories. Right. And so like a lot of our psychology today is based upon Freud. I mean, mm -hmm. it is, you know, mm -hmm. I know that we're kind of advancing past that in many ways, but so much still of psychology is based on Freudian theories, Yeah, theories. And so I do see amongst, you know, some of what is mental health counseling, like, you know, therapy, those kind of things like just... Too much, 
too much weight on theories. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would say also maybe an elevate, you're writing down, so you're kind of scaring me right I know, now. No, it's just making, I'm so I don't forget something later. An elevation <laughs> of yeah. those theories, specifically divorcing that therapy and counseling from a biblical worldview. I agree with that. I think because we, I believe, you know, it is, it's all integrated. And so the, the mind is integrated with the, with the spirit. And so when there's that divorce of those things then you're, then you just are focusing on how to live, like how to get through, I think, uh, it, it, rather than like the holistic picture right. of yeah, well being. Um, and I think, you know, like you said, we still are figuring this out. And if, you know, if, if you're seeing um, or you're pursuing seeing a mental health professional or a counselor, I mean, if they're honest, just like we would want to be honest as a pastor, you know, people assume that they know every, we know everything sometimes. And I'm like, yeah. we don't know everything. I'm right. still figuring a lot of things out. And I think an honest counselor, mental health professional, right. say, yeah. they should still be learning because yeah. it's not all figured out. And I think, you know, just like, you know, a danger in this is that we can be, too quick to jump to conclusions. And I think just as you're seeking help, you mm-hmm. know, which I, I believe we'll talk about this later. Like we should, <clears throat> counseling is great. Uh, mental health care is great. Um, it does have li- just like all things, there's limitations. Uh, but just like you would be judicious in selecting a doctor for your physical care, yeah. you know, you want to do the same uh, in selecting a, a provider for mental health because we can too easily just write things off. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, so if, if part of mental health counseling is, uh, and different levels of that is, Hey, this person has been told that they are this by themselves, by other people for so long, and we've got to help them see that's not who they are, you know, but then you begin to tell them, but they're this over and over again. And you're the doctor, you know, you're the expert. Then they're going to start thinking that is self-fulfilling. Yeah. Right. So it's like, it's like rewiring not Mm -hmm. to what's healthy, but to just a different directive. So, you know, and, and with this, like, it's very important. Like medicine, we practice medicine. Well, I don't practice medicine, but like, (laughs) that's what we do. Right. And so doctors like, cardiologist basically had to figure, they figured out that pig valves work, you know, and mm-hmm. heart valve, like, wow, who, who did, who experimented with that? that? But I mean, <laughs> exactly. it's because people were dying. Like, so they had to figure that they, mm-hmm. Hey, we're going to try this. Right. And so like, they've learned so much now that by and large, a cardiologist would be like, Hey, this is going to work if I do this right. based on what's wrong in your mm-hmm. heart. Here's the problem with mental health is that we just don't fully know even what's wrong a lot of times because we don't have the science to back it up. And so it's more of a, I'm not saying it's like a guess, like we're just, ah, but you know, it's more of a practice than it is than, than cardiology. Cause we just haven't gotten enough information. So we have to be aware of that. And then again, I just want to say that there is no doubt that there is an overemphasis. So, so where I said there's polar ends, there is an overemphasis in many cases in the fact that, Hey, there's something wrong with you versus, Hey, maybe there are some lifestyle choices there are some ways you're thinking that we can correct. And, and so I think a lot of times, not all, but many are quick to say, hey, here's the diagnosis. Here's mm-hmm. what's wrong. Let's medicate. Let's do those things. And um, while I think that is necessary. Yeah, there's a place some, for that. Yeah, there yeah. is. We just, 
we've elevated it a little too much. I it's think. like we jump, we can easily jump to that right. you know, rather than like, okay, that if you get to that point, there's probably stepping stones along the way right. where there should be, you know, it makes me think of, I was just saw this uh, recently. It was um, <clears throat> a special that 60 minutes did actually. So this isn't like a Christian perspective uh, per se, but it was talking about, it was a, a feature on individuals who had transitioned, who had a uh, transition from one gender to the other who were retransitioning or detransitioning is the official term, I believe, back wow, to their original wow. gender. And all of them were saying how they uh, there were protocols that should have been in place with the help that they received, the counselor or psych psychiatrist, whoever they saw. Uh, but basically they went and said, I want to do this. And second appointment in, we started receiving hormone therapy. Wow! And had second appointment. Second appointment, and so then, and then one of them literally said they never actually asked me the question why I wanted to do this or why I was feeling this way. Mm -hmm. And I think that's because of the mindset is like you know part that that's a that's a complicated conversation yes. or I should go back to nuanced conversation about you know standards and practices and and mental health and you know. Not, a, not just affirming choices rather than like, let's get to the root of why. Right. But that goes back to- And they're coming from a bias. Yes, if they're bias, secular exactly. and, and, and this is an increasing part of secular medicine. Is, right. Is this, this you know, the, the fluidity of sexuality. And, and if, you're, if you're this person who's mm -hmm. 15 years old, 16 years old, 25 years old, your life, you just feel out of control. There's things going in your brain you can't think. And somebody says, here's the answer. Yeah. And they're an expert. Mm -hmm. And it feels good in the first and it place. Feels because like, anything, I I that. Yeah. any rescue feels good in that mm -hmm. moment. Yeah, there's no doubt there's distress. Like yes. there's not, not minimizing the distress that these individuals felt in seeking. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I, it blows me away. And I to me, I'm thinking... Even if let's just say you are one hundred percent supportive of of gender transition, that the second that you would still say, but you got to ask the questions before you know that that blew me away that it was that fast that it was like which shows again the the the, the overemphasis the, yes. the move away from science like mm -hmm. you know and this is where as Christians like yeah all these things are fine tools. Like everything we have is a fine tool, but we always need to say, how does, how does this filter through scripture? Mm -hmm. So how does mental health filter through the scriptures? That would be really the question. And, and I think that there, it's nuanced. Mm -hmm. So I think maybe a place is if somebody come, came to us, place to be right now is if somebody mm -hmm. came to us and said like, hey, I'm struggling with anxiety or I'm struggling with depression or, you know, I think I might have something else going on. Like, what do, what do we do? That's a great question. I think the first thing uh, is we talk to them and ask questions. And and I, you know, you ask these questions like, "Hey, I don't, I don't, I want to ask like, why do you feel this way? What is triggering?" And then you ask the questions like, "Is this like?" You kind of try to, you, we are not professional counselors, uh, but you do try to get a, a little bit to the root of what is going on. Like, is this because of? circumstances? Is this life? Is this your own choices? You're, you're, you're over. Are you anxious? Yeah. Are you just feeling overwhelmed? Like yeah. let's, let's, let's try to discern. Uh, and from there, honestly, I, I am a huge proponent of like, 
I will walk alongside you and check in with you and ask you mm-hmm. questions, but I, you, we have to recognize our limitations. So I will refer people to counseling uh, often and mm-hmm. say, hey, you should, or if it's not a professional counselor, at least someone that I know who maybe can identify with their struggles and they can hear it from someone who's maybe lived it or living yeah. it. And you need to talk to this person. And then from there, walk alongside those people. Yeah. So I, you, you're right. I think questions as to what is triggering this are the, is where I would start. Like, okay, so you say you feel anxious. Let's just use that. You know, tell me, tell me more about yeah. when you feel anxious, what makes you feel anxious. And, and a lot of times, you know, it, it is, ooh, I spend all my money <laughs> on stupid stuff or, you know, even okay stuff. And I'm, I'm constantly worried about tomorrow, you know, and it's like, oh, okay, mm-hmm. well, that, that's, that's not necessarily an anxiety disorder. That's right. just like anxiety from being sinful, you know, mm-hmm. like, and the choices you make, uh, you know, I'm, I'm addicted to pornography and, and, or I'm always watching pornography and I'm worried my wife's going to catch me. And she caught me like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. that anxiety is actually like guilt, you know? And so, uh so, so there are those situations, Mm -hmm. but I would say that some people who I've met with, like, they just, they're anxious all the time Mm -hmm. and it is almost illogical. Mm -hmm. And that's where you're going to say, okay, I think that you need to talk to someone who has more experience Mm -hmm. with people in your situation. And, and sometimes, sometimes like it could be managed. Like it's not necessarily something that needs to be medicated. It's like, it's something that can be managed and, and often sometimes like it's heightened, you know, Mm -hmm. through certain situations and you might need to remove yourself from those situations, but sometimes like legitimately uh, it's just going to be something they're going to have to, you know, be treated for a long time. I will say this, like I used to be like, Hey, let's, let's, if somebody was really struggling with depression or whatever, like let's go through the Bible first before we ever get treatment. And now I'm kind of more like, you know what, if being on medicine allows us to then talk and yeah. maybe get you to a place where you don't need medicine, yeah, like let's do that. But maybe we should start there just so you can begin to even yeah. think clearly. Yeah, that, that is a great point. I think sometimes that is what's needed. And I think uh, there's in the past been this hesitancy uh, in the church in general, you know, not talking about a specific church, but in general to, to lean into mental health, to lean into counseling, psychiatry, because there has been like, well, you can just pray this away. You can just, if you have enough faith, it will go away. And that's, I talked about that a yeah, couple you, weeks you ago in church. In like, yeah. And it's church just, history was yeah, figuring just, this out. Exactly. And I think, you know, that's a, that can be a very damaging thing to say to someone. And I personally believe that can be the step of faith. Counseling can be the step of faith. Medication can be the step of faith. And the goal isn't that we necessarily are, I mean, ultimately as a Christian, in all things. Pray away the cancer. Yeah. I mean, I mean you yes, would, yeah. pray. <laughs> yeah. But also. But God says, here's your answer. There's yeah. there's the Mayo Clinic. Yes. <laughs> you oh. know I mean? Yeah. It's it's so frustrating <laughs> when you hear people who've, who've had that said to them or who think that. And yeah. you're just like, well, you wouldn't say that to someone who has cancer. You wouldn't just say, well, just, I mean, you would say, let's pray. We are going to, we believe yeah, God course. can heal. Yeah, and it's absolutely. the same. It's the same with any kind of mental health thing. And it could be, I mean, it honestly could be for someone that this is going to be a struggle for their entire life. And as a church, we don't need to minimize that. We need to say, we're, we're here for you. Yeah. We're going to walk with you. And uh, it's okay. Uh, that, that treatment 
can be the step of faith. And I think there's been a hesitancy in the church to just say that because we think, well, we could just, it's it's not faith. And I just would strongly disagree. And I think you would too. Granted, all the things you just said, we want to get yeah. to the root. We want to address, because there is a spiritual part of this as well. We yeah. want to address those things. But to say that to someone is really... Um, and, and, and I think... Arrogant. Sorry. Yeah, arrogant is right. I think that's where like, what I would say is anybody who is struggling with one of these issues doesn't feel mentally healthy or has somebody they're going through. Like I'm not saying in any way, which I haven't at all that we don't. So here's what I'm saying. Whatever approach we're taking to dealing with that, the end goal for the Christian is so that I could live a life that glorifies God on mission for him. Mm -hmm. And I think mental health often is not going to have that as the end goal for you. Mm -hmm. So, so you really need to say, Hey, like a lot of things are wonderful tools, but terrible masters. And I think that science is a wonderful tool and a terrible master. Psychology is a wonderful tool and a terrible master. So to be sure that like I'm getting mentally healthy, just as I would be getting physically Mm -hmm. healthy so that I could serve the Lord. Right. And if it's not, if my mental health counseling or my mental health approach is leading me away from serving the Lord, then clearly I need to go see someone else or I need to figure something else mm-hmm. out. Like that, that's, that's so nuanced. <laughs> yeah. But ultimately, like we have to check our hearts yep. and say, I, I said this a few weeks ago in a sermon, like, why do we pray for health? Any kind of health. Is yep. it so that we'll just be better? Right. Or is it so that we could serve the Lord? Right. Now, when you're, when you're overwhelmed by something, like it's hard to really mm-hmm. think on that, but ultimately like that is the goal. Yeah. So let's talk about how the church supports Gen Z in this. You know, I think that is a question for us. It's, um, you know, as, as Gen Z is going to be dealing with this and yeah. then, you know, I, I don't think, you know, could be wrong, but you know, Gen Z is growing up and they're going to have kids and I don't see this issue getting any less complicated no <laughs> or you know any less clean and tidy it's going to i think it'll be even more pervasive yeah. so how do we support gen z equip gen z and 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 the parents of gen z to uh be aware and to address mental health issues um i think the first is we we create, not we create, but we we cultivate in our churches um, places where people do feel okay sharing their struggles and appointing people to the truth. You yeah. know, I think you know so often it's like people don't want to share this because it's personal. It makes us feel vulnerable. It makes us yeah. feel weak. It makes us feel not. And 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 in truth, it is because we can't do this on our own. We do need someone outside of ourselves. We do need a savior. Uh, and if we have communities filled with grace, like we will have people who do feel okay sharing this. And I think that's, that's a first step. Yeah. Yeah. I think a parent that struggles with a child in, in, in a mental health. So, so at first I think like one thing is to just make sure that whoever it is that is dealing with their child in mental health, like that, that they're getting educated because like, so if your child breaks their bone and the doctor has one or two things, let it naturally heal or do like, you know, rods, plates, screws, screws and rods and plates are the quick fix, but there are consequences potentially from that. So based on the severity, you might not want to do that. Doctor's pretty good about that, but there was a time when doctors like, this is the easy, some doctors like, this is the easy thing. So this is what we're going to do. And people became more educated on those issues. Same with some kids. When you, when you're giving children at a very young age, these kind of medicines, 
Mm-hmm. Like there are potential consequences and I'm not, I'm not the parent. So I'm not, you know, I make those decisions for my children. You make those decisions for your children, but I just want to make sure you're educated on this issue, mm-hmm. um, that your doctor is helping explain this issue. And that really that, that is depending on the severity, you might see what other things can be done. And again, you know, I'm not telling you what to do. You need to lean on other experts there. So I think that, and I think most of all, like, dude, and I'm telling you this, if you're watching this right now or listening to this right now, if your kid has any kind of behavioral or psychological issues, it's okay. Mm. Like, you don't need to apologize to me ever for right. their behavior. Um, just, gosh, stop making people feel bad about their children struggling with those things. I mean, right. mm-hmm. that gets back to the stigma. Like, we've got to help people just like we, man, we're figuring this out. <laughs> just like <laughs> mental health providers we're figuring this out i think you know i would encourage parents too even if your child isn't you know what you would say they're struggling with whatever we want to be keenly aware that they probably all will struggle at some level uh, mentally regardless yeah. Yeah. you know and to be aware and uh cultivating within our families uh this conversation, like checking in on being, being aware mm-hmm. of signs, you know, I think um, we just assume our kids are okay because they may seem okay. But I think, you know, our kids carry a lot and we have to be um, aware of that, make time for them, address their hearts, like help them share, give them words. And I think yeah. for me, I think a lot of times I want my kids to share because I can tell something's going on. Um, and a great tool for me has been like letting like, telling my kids about one of my own struggles. Like, mm-hmm. you know what? Can I tell you about this story? I just, this, this story came to mind the other day mm-hmm. and I went. Oh, so you we, moved away from telling them about all my struggles. I, I, like, You're like, hey, Pastor James you know Pastor is, James? yeah, that's right. <laughs> I like tell them like a story from when I was a kid. And I, hey, I felt, I did this with one of my kids the other day because I could just sense he was yeah. one of our kids who's in the middle. We got six. So one yeah. of the kids in the middle and, you know, I could just tell that it was just struggling with being in the middle. And I was like, can I just tell you something like when it happened when I was a kid? Because I was a middle child and, and it helped him like, because of his age, he couldn't articulate how he's feeling, but you could just see in his behavior. Yeah. Like he's something's off. You know, I, I think I'm thankful you brought that up because we've mostly dealt with like mental health from like, uh, you know, when there's a severe issue. I mean, most of our mm-hmm. conversation, but in general mental health, like if we want, if, if we think it's dangerous that Gen Z is moving more and more towards like being diagnosed and all these things then we do need to realize like just mental health in general is a part of our life. All of us. Yeah. And, and it, and it's a, it looks different for all of physical health looks different from me. You're just not, you're skinny all the time. I don't know, <laughs> I wish. but like, you know, to, to work, but for me, like I am healthy, but like, I'm just going to constantly battle with like, mm-hmm. you know, making sure I'm not gaining too much fat, those kind of things. And like, all of us with mental health need to constantly also Absolutely. just be watching this. And mm-hmm. I think you're, you're talking about just, you know, a child that doesn't necessarily have a mental health issue, quotation mark, but you're ensuring their mental health. And I think that's important. That's that we, a great, that's yeah. a great point. Like being sure, like we all have, we have to address those things on a regular basis with all of our kids. Yeah. And I think as a church, we want to be a a place that's equipping parents to do yeah. that as well. And Gen Z is saying, hey, we realize this is an issue and we're looking somewhere for guidance on this issue. And if the church isn't giving a real, legit guidance, still looking to, you know, medicine, but right. like 
isn't speaking to that, then they're going to go to secular guidance on yeah. it. And I and think that's, that's going to feel good in the moment. Yeah. And ultimately. Because it's affirming lead, usually. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Couldn't lead, could possibly lead to a destructive place. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so wrapping it up, um, we just want to encourage you uh, as, as, as listeners, uh, <clears throat> part of the church or not part of a church, we want to encourage you like, this is a, a real issue. And there's not a, a one what there's not necessarily a one way to approach it kind of a th- approach or you do there's no you know, magic silver bullet, but we want to say as a church we are committed to spirit the mind the body the whole the whole thing and creating this place where we are open to talk about this where we're not quick to judge quick to write things off we are what the Bible says we are quick to listen yeah. <laughs> and you know uh, you know Paul writes in um, Second Corinthians uh, 10, he says that, you know, the weapons of our warfare are not flesh and blood, but divine power to destroy strongholds. And we destroy arguments and every lofty opinion or thought raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive. And I think that mm-hmm. is really a mm-hmm. mental health picture, the Bible, like biblical mental health is that taking every thought captive and bringing it into obedience to Jesus Christ. Yeah. And um, that will happen it, that can happen in a lot of different ways. It yeah. can happen. It happens in community. It can happen through uh, biblical counsel. It can happen through mental health uh, professionals counseling. Uh, all of the above could be the way that that happens. Right. If you if you take the Shema, you know, and you take what Jesus said about the Shema in the mm-hmm. Gospels, uh, and collectively He said, "Love the Lord your God with all your mind." And so, you know, it is right to think, "How can I be?" my mind being a place where I'm able to be as healthy as possible and love the Lord with my life. So uh, I think that's good stuff. I do have one question for you. Did yeah. you make up Western Governors University? It does sound like never, a, me neither, but it what is their mascot? That, uh, I'm going <laughs> to, I just picture some person with a big hat. I don't, <laughs> I've just caused anxiety for anybody who graduated from there. That's so right. Kind so of defeated I, I, the purpose all three of, of the podcast is an accredited university. I don't know. I found it online. Well, we're thankful you have joined us for this episode of Boggy Talk. And as always, we may have raised more questions than we've given <laughs> answers, but um, that's why we get stuck in the mud. That's so right. thank you so much for joining us. Hey, next week, uh, join us for a special edition of Boggy Talk for Father's Day. Uh, we are excited about that. And then in the coming weeks, we're going to be talking about um, some specifics with uh, this summer is uh, the Southern Baptist Convention annual meeting, and uh, you will be attending that. So uh, we're going to talk uh, some takeaways, some things to be aware of that are going on uh, just in the, uh, the the greater the greater convention. <laughs> How do you say that? this? The big SBC. I'm just going to let you keep trying here. <laughs> that's right. That's why they don't <laughs> hire me to moderate the SBC. <laughs> so anyway, thanks so much for joining us. Uh, we hope you'll tune in next time. Thanks for listening to Boggy Talk. We are so glad you joined in the conversation. Go ahead and subscribe so you don't miss a beat.